0: this is sailor welcome to another episode of metal rock and whiskey hey guys what's up hello what's
1: sailor
2: up? what's up everybody
0: hey hey
1: what's up just doing a podcast
0: you know just That's hanging it. out You yeah. the Tricky usual beer, drinking whiskey doing a podcast
2: hey sailor how's the weather by you
0: <laughs> hey matt how's the weather by you
1: <laughs> oh it's delightful
0: it's <laughs> same here.
1: <laughs> hey, I actually went outside yeah. with just a ho- hoodie on and not a big parka today.
0: <laughs> oh, damn. Let me tell you, we have an episode coming up that I'm really excited about. Um, I had the opportunity to hang out with Ed once again as I was blowing through Chicago. Get it blowing through Chicago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, And we stopped at Few Spirits uh, to hang out with our good buddy, Paul Letgo. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) we were right behind a storm as we were driving through. And Paul was like, well, I'm going to close the distillery. So I don't know what the weather is going to be like. And I was like, damn, if you're closing something in Chicago, that must be a pretty bad (laughs) fucking storm. It was like 10 feet of snow on the ground. I don't know. It was fucking nuts and freezing. But we had a good time. Um, and then I made it down to Florida, where I am now. I am not moving ever again. <laughs> That's yeah, it.
1: <laughs> that, that trip through Chicago just gave you one final reminder that was of it. why you're headed south.
0: That was it. I tell you what, we left Spokane. And there was a storm right behind us. We were headed through the um, the upper plains, and man, we were we had like minus one night. It was like I think we were in Minnesota. It was like mine or North Dakota minus twenty six. Like I was right screenshotting on. the weather yeah. app. Poor Robin had to like get the luggage out of the off the thing on the top of the oh. car. And his, oh my god, it was horrible so, been,
2: so cool. beyond even humanly like acceptable yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and the land is like
0: there's nothing to look at but like a wasteland of uh, frozen look like we were on mars and <laughs> then <laughs> then we roll through tennessee right after they got fucked by that horrific storm everything was still encased in ice Um, I'm pretty sure they were just starting to get power back. We were going to stop and hang out with Kayla. Um, but I just, we just decided to blow through. Um, and then we get to Atlanta, which was the last stop before we're making it to Florida. And it was actually really nice, sunny for us. It was really warm. I was like, get out the tank top and shorts. And they're all like, well, I can wear a light jacket. Um, (laughs) and then I got to Florida and we were swimming the next day.
1: It was oh, Amazing. Nice.
0: And then I got to have dinner with Matt and Jenny.
1: That was a Super lot of fun. fun. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. I, I saw that those, uh, some of those Instagram posts, He had some interesting looking cocktails.
0: Yeah. We went to this yeah, place they... called um, Voodoo. What the hell is it called? Voodoo lounge?
1: Voodoo no, Bayou. Voodoo
0: Bayou. I don't know. Voodoo Bayou. Um, okay. It was really nice. It um, was, it was, I mean, we sat there for 8,000 hours. I hope, the server liked us. We kept his <laughs> table his entire shift. I'm pretty sure he just got on shift when Robin and I arrived, but we drank a lot, so you know.
2: He was cool. Um, he was cool.
0: Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. He's yep. a new listener, right, Matt?
2: Yeah, I hope so. I was sell- I was selling us really hard, you know, to him. So, like, you like metal? You like whiskey? Yeah. All right. Here's a sticker. <laughs>
0: um. All right. So, what are we doing tonight, Ed?
1: Well, I believe tonight we are going to attempt to wrap up our second Metallica series, and tonight we will be ending it by discussing two of their the late earlier albums, uh And Justice for All and of course their self-titled black album.
0: We call it the last two of their classic Metallica albums.
2: Yes. I like that you know. late earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um if you have been a fan since the beginnings you know that this is when things got really fucking heated when we first attempted to go down the metallica rabbit hole um was a big split between the four of us at the time when jake was with us Mm -hmm. and um i I went back and listened to it if you haven't um you might want to just pause this and go back to and listen to the original um metallica series i i i I might change my mind on a couple of things but i don't want to spoil it uh but uh yeah we i think we threw some fisticuffs and um was that when there was a buck axe or was that earlier on (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. It may have been on an earlier show. I don't know. But I yeah, the other I think it was this show. were definitely involved.
0: <laughs> I think Jake and I spilled a little bit of blood. So um, but it was fun. Yeah, that was so the we one of
1: choice. There so was bloodshed.
0: Yes. There was bloodshed. Yeah. But that's 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 the point, right? It's a yes. battle, man. Um, before we get into the subject though, <clears throat> let's talk about news and then let's talk about whiskey.
1: Alrighty. All right,
2: let's do it. Matt? So I have two huge pieces of whiskey news.
0: Oh shit! These are
2: huge, and these these affect really yeah. only the old world whiskey drinkers. So your Scotch, Irish, Japanese whiskey drinkers, which I am. So this affects Same. me directly. Yeah, and you. Yep. So the U.S. Uh, as of last week, I believe I was reading this on uh, Mark Gillespie's website, suspended the 25% tariff on Scotch and Irish whiskey. Mm. Yes. For a four month period. I don't know why it's only four months. Hopefully it lasts longer than that. Please forever. Yes. Yes. But, and I, I, I commented on Mark's page about this is that I wonder what retailers are going to do with this because they've already jacked their prices. Now, when they reorder and they, do they roll back to the original price? Do they, mm. do they split it 50, 50 and get kind of greedy?
0: This is the, or do this they just
2: keep it? I mean, the consumers, is- the consumers nowadays are way more informed than they used to yeah. be with stuff like this. Well,
0: this is big news. I mean, everyone's heard this news. I think the tough thing is it depends on who you're talking about as a retailer. So obviously if you've already ordered, you've ordered under those prices, right? Mm-hmm. So when does this actually go into effect? When does when does the price change actually happen? Do we know that it was you know, even though this was approved and the, when does this start? Let's Correcting. pretend it, and
2: there could be a a lag.
0: A yeah. grace period, yeah. If it starts like tomorrow, okay, fine. So then the next time I order such and such, it's gonna be cheaper for me. Um, I'll tell you what, I have a feeling that a lot of whiskey drinkers are going to pay attention. And I would certainly say something, you know, in three months from now, if it's a small store, most likely they don't have that stock anymore. If it's a popular, let's say it's a Glenfiddich 12, for example, Mm -hmm. they don't have stock from two months ago, you know. But if you're a major retailer, how much stock do you buy? Like, are you buying pallets? Like, what do you, how long does that last to go through that inventory and if it's only four months to be honest with you if i'm the retailer and i'm not sure it's going to last more than four months i'm not going to change my prices because that's expensive as well
2: from my perspective and i don't know the ins and outs because it is above my pay grade unfortunately but it seemed that at the time the place that i work which i won't mention here but they bought in big And then the prices went up. So Mm. do with that information what you will. Yeah. You know, money talks. Yeah. Bullshit walks.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's, um, to be honest with you, I think it's, it's, it affects the brands, I think, more than the consumer in this instance, because the brands had a, had a, it was a little bit more difficult, especially for smaller brands, to export, right? Correct. Because now the product is a lot more expensive, and export is already more expensive, in in certain cases. Um, so they definitely saw a decline in sales. Absolutely. Um, again, it, you know, if this is a temporary thing, or if most people aren't watching, if it's only maybe like a five dollar change once it's like you know on the shelf. Is it a big deal to consumers? I, I really think it, like I said, I think the aficionados are going to call people out. Otherwise, I don't know. But also the answer could be, hey, I still have the same stock, you know? Um, the but the yeah, brands are going to see a difference for sure.
2: The only brand that from my perspective has seemed to be immune to this is McAllen. Because I think that no matter what price they sell their stuff for or what prices the retailers set their their products at, the brand loyalty is there and people are just going to spend the money on it. I mean, their 12 year where I work is now like $76. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. like a $50 bottle. I feel like seven, eight years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Oban 14 is now Mm hundred dollars. That's, that's one brand that is not moving as quickly as it used to because of this, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Definitely.
0: I think it also depends on, for major brands, you know, how their distribution works, because, you know, if they're, it, it really just depends on, you know, cause in the Europe, you have to have brokers in the UK, you know, your brokers to your distribution, you know, what does your distribution look like? You know, where I think, I think also that's going to play a huge factor as well. Cause I know that there, there was, there was some fiddling and ways to get around that. And some brands had prepared for it, I don't know how long that lasted, but a lot of questions. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out.
1: Absolutely. Do you know, have there, you know, in like, for example, in car companies, you might have like Toyota, which will open up a factory in Indiana and produce the cars in the U.S. Has there ever been an instance where there's been like a European English or Scotch brand whiskey that's opened up a distillery in the u.s
0: well you can't it's not scotch anymore well
1: that's true
2: yeah it's not legal guinness
0: attempted so beer brands um i don't know i know that there was a big price um cost change on this so beer brands used to bottle in the states if they were imports right Mm mm-hmm so that 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 went on for a while, and then frankly, it really just depends on the cost of labor versus the cost of shipping. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can just send it over on a shipping container, then why screw around with having you know, unless you're working with a co-packer or um, a contract brewer or something like that. And there are a lot of imports is as far as beer and and wine goes that they do use contract distilleries contract wineries whether it's to actually make it or whether it's just to bottle it um and distribute it and you know package it up uh but not for not i don't know of any of that for whiskey do you matt
1: no i don't yeah that's not that's an interesting question uh it seems like they the, some of those distilleries could actually realize some savings if they shipped over the casks to I don't the US think so, though. And have them bottled over here. You don't think so?
0: I also think that breaks the bond. I don't think, I mean, bottled and bond and some of the, I don't know how the bonding works in other categories, but.
1: Is there bottled and bond scotch?
0: Well, scotch is a, I mean, it's basically a bottled and bond without using the term bottled and bond, right? So once you, I mean, especially a single malt, you couldn't do that. Right?
2: No, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna see this in my next story too because it has to do specifically with this what Ed just mentioned, uh, um, but different country. Okay, well, there's a uh, good segue.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. I know
0: exactly what you're gonna talk about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what's coming next. Okay. Yeah, I don't think for whiskey anyone would do that. I don't really think that would work. Um, you know, then we that gets in the whole discussion of MGP brands, <laughs> which. Matt and I had a pretty hilarious text conversation last night about a certain MGP brand. Um, We'll keep it to ourselves. Let's just say, let's just say that, um, if you are someone that relies on professional reviews, I'm going to put professional in quotations, air quotes, professional tasters, air quotes. Um, I don't think you should rely on them. (laughs) I think you should rely on your own taste buds. If you like it, great. If you don't, you don't.
2: Yes, and that is something that we always advocate here.
0: Always. We don't
2: claim to be professional tasers. We claim to be whiskey enthusiasts who always advocate for you, the listener and watcher, to make your own judgments and, and you like what you like and we don't judge you. So exactly.
0: Unless you drink Crown Royal, then I judge you. <laughs> Touche. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll I'll tell you why. So it's gonna we're, we're gonna do this anonymously. So there's an anonymous person who um, used to shit all over a certain MGP brand, and um, you know was just very much against you know um, being a whiskey brand and not distilling your own liquid. Um, you know, not having your own distillery, all of those things, which is absolutely just, it's ridiculous, first of all. Um, Then this person chose that same brand as the winner in a blind, I'm doing air quotes again, tasting. And I just, I have a problem with it, because for many reasons, like if you're paid to taste something are you going to not like it? I, I don't know. You know, if you weren't getting paid before and you're getting paid now, is your opinion going to change? I hope not. Um, That's why I just think it shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a problem with the way these reviews happen and the way people rely on these tastings. Oh, well, so-and-so, you know, Mr. X didn't like it. I really like everything he likes. Well, if you've been following Mr. X for five years, I can name 20 brands that Mr. X has flipped on. So perhaps you don't rely so much on that and you just make your own determinations. You know, if you want to rely on reviews before you buy an expensive bottle, I get that. But you're going to have to look at like 10 different reviews and maybe take the majority. But... You know, Michael Veach wrote a really incredible article. I don't know if you caught that, Matt. It was really about professional tasting, um, especially in award for uh, the big awards. The amount of liquid they have to taste in such a short period of time. Your palate is blown. So ma- you're lucky if maybe you were up front. But if you're on the back end, are you going to get chosen? Perhaps not. And also, like, these are only a few people. How about have a 100 people? taste it all instead of sending a whole bottle just do like a two ounce sample to a hundred people and see how many people out of a hundred like it and what they like about it rather than six people you know or eight people or four people um I, i have a difficult time with that you know um awards are important very important to be recognized by your own community is very important um it's this business we work really, really hard in. But I don't know. People just sitting there passing judgment on shit. It, I have a problem with that. Unless they say this is my own opinion. You know, I'm not getting paid. I just do this for fun. Don't take my word for it. You know, yeah. that's, that's
1: different. That's totally fine. Totally, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm different. But we do that. it all the
0: time. But I'm not telling you don't buy this or go buy it. I mean, I do say go buy this because I love it. But you know what I mean? The brand isn't paying me to do that. I don't even do that with the brand that I work for. So, you know. (laughs) That's true. Anyway, end of that rant.
2: Okay. So, second piece of whiskey news. Japanese whiskey. Yeah. I am Mm. a huge fan of. A huge proponent of. Yeah, this was big news. Big news. Yeah. And... I can firsthand again tell you uh, why this was necessary from a retail perspective, but uh, they finally um, regulation-wise have defined Japanese whiskey as Japanese whiskey, and it has a lot to do with the really the disappearance of the off the shelves of the big brands of Japanese whiskey. Your Hakushus, your Yamazakis, your your Japanese single malts with age statements. You have a lot of these secondary brands popping up now that might say Japanese malt whiskey on it, you know, they don't might not use barley, but they might use rice or something like that. But basically, and there's one brand in particular, I'm not going to name it. uh, But they are importing aged whiskey from Scotland, uh, transferring it say into Mizunara oak, finishing it, then bottling it and calling it Japanese malt whiskey. Mm. So Uh, That will no longer be the case. I don't know what they're going to relabel those bottles as, Mm -hmm. but Japanese whiskey will now have to be 100% produced in Japan. And I'm glad for that. Yes. Because a lot of consumers are getting uh, hoodwinked on this. Yeah. I think that is definitely necessary.
0: Yeah, hoodwinked because of the price. And also, Japanese whiskey deserves to be protected. It deserves to have that have its own category. And I mean, it's a beautiful, gorgeous product with a super interesting history as well. You know, Americans think that Japanese whiskey is very new because it's very new to this market. Japanese whiskey has a very long history. Uh, I'd say just as long as American whiskey, actually, maybe a little, a little bit younger, probably a little bit younger,
2: but I mean, you're talking commercial product. Oh, a hundred years. I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, no, yeah
0: um so and it's it's if you have had real japanese whiskey it's it may remind you of scotch but it has its own taste profile completely and um, i'm really super excited that the brands that i love and that are you know doing the right thing um artfully are going to be protected and that's fantastic and that the consumers will and my fear is always a consumer is going to pick up a bottle of whiskey that they think is Japanese whiskey and it's something subpar and go oh I don't like the category because you know that happens Mm, and that breaks my heart you know I want someone to pick it's it's kind of a of it's a fear as a brand ambassador I've always had like what if someone makes a crappy cocktail and they're like oh I, I I had that X and X whiskey, it was garbage because the cocktail was garbage. You know, well, you're you can't already yeah, that, but.
2: <laughs> you're already kind of getting there because people who have have had it have their expectations set so high from the three or four home run brands that we've seen mm-hmm. your Hakushu's, Yamazaki's, your Nikas, mm-hmm. and now that you have two dozen brands on the shelf now they're going to try these other ones with those high expectations and ultimately be let down.
0: Yeah. Cause they're going to go, oh, this one's less expensive and looks interesting. Why don't I try exactly. it? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's fantastic. It's great. Great news. I'm yeah, really well, I that.
1: I, don't think I've actually had a Japanese whiskey except, well, maybe I have. Well, Matt, I got- didn't you send us a sample of a Nika or something like that one time? I did. Yeah,
2: Nika from the barrel. I yes. Think. Yep. So I yeah. think
1: that was probably the only one I've ever had. But yeah, I am a Japanese whiskey. I don't you know, gotta you go call out it. and get
0: yourself some Hibiki Harmony.
1: Hibiki Harmony. Okay, that, that's one I remember uh, you guys brought up to me before so that mm-hmm. I should be good with a start It's a great gateway. Yeah. Okay. Great
0: gateway. And then Yamazaki. I love Yamazaki. Um, all right. So, since we're talking about whiskey, um, let's ha- let's have a song first, and then we'll talk about what we're all drinking because I'm drinking something very very special tonight. Um, which actually kind of goes along with our discussion in a way. So, uh, yeah. Here we go. Right. Little musical break there. What's Love everyone that drinking? Song. Yeah, oh my god. We're gonna talk about that song. <laughs> we are definitely gonna talk about that song.
1: That may I think actually that was the first song I ever heard off of that particular album.
0: Oh really? That's mm-hmm. interesting. Very interesting. Who wants to go first?
1: I will go first because we are talking about Metallica and the Black Album, and, and Justice for All, most specifically, I had to get out my bottle of Blackened. I mean, come on. <laughs> when is the better a better opportunity to drink as this as well. bottle than now? Seriously. I mean, how could I not? So that's what I have
0: which, in my uh, glass tonight. Which batch do you have?
1: Oh, yeah, I have batch 98.
0: Do you know what your playlist
1: was? Um, let me see. I can look it up real quick.
0: Yes. Okay. So you had...
1: Oh, you got it there?
0: Okay. So 98 was arranged by James. You had Just a Bullet Away, Here Comes Revenge, No Remorse, Unforgiven Three, Harvester of Sorrow... And Justice for All. And Justice
1: for All. There we <laughs> yeah. go.
0: Perfect. Motor breath and thorn within.
2: Motor breath. Nice. So random. random and the one thing. next yeah, to that me is.
0: that is random. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, I have the special one. So I don't know where I oh the play. I've got the record for that one, the hundred. But anyway. Yeah.
1: Although no remorse is one of my is my probably I've said this before. One of my most favorite, if not the favorite, song off of uh, "Kill 'Em All" for me. I love that song. So
0: it's a great fucking song. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like um, people who like or dislike "Black and Whiskey" it's very fifty-fifty. It seems to me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique whiskey. Um, it's definitely not a, not your tr- uh, bourbon. If you're a bourbon fan and you drink this, it's going to be a little different than what you're used to. Um, but I do enjoy it, actually. Uh, I don't drink it a lot, but if I'm looking for something a little different than my standard bourbon, then yeah, I, I will pull, up, pull this out occasionally and have a little bit of it. Yeah, just to mix it up a bit. But yeah, it's good stuff.
0: What makes it not taste like a traditional bourbon for you?
1: Um, it's a little more savory. I think at least the batch that I have not is I don't get a lot of the more caramel and vanilla notes that I normally get out of this. It's it, to me to me it, it almost tastes like a blend of like a bourbon and a scotch to me is kind of mm-hmm. like what I get out of this. I get almost get some some scotch notes out of it as well as some bourbon notes. Um yeah, it's really unique. I okay. don't know how better to describe it, but that's kind of how I I taste it. I haven't really met anybody
2: that hasn't enjoyed it that has actually had it.
0: I have. And- I've seen I talk about it a lot, so I've had, I just, for me, I see, I I mean, for a while, I saw a lot more people into it, and I just feel like now I see, like, very 50-50, but.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I feel like if someone gave this to me in a blind and said, what are you drinking? I would probably have a hard time deciding whether I was drinking a scotch or a bourbon. Really?
0: Yeah. it It doesn't have any malt well, I mean, you've got a little bit of mar- malted barley and everything for conversion, but it's just a bourbon and a rye really, so I find that really interesting.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't have the band 80 notes, but well, uh not you know, but uh yeah, it's uh yeah, it's really really unique. For sure. I can't I can't think of anything else in my collection that I could really off the top of my head, compare it to, it said, all oh, this is very similar to, to this.
0: I think that for me, um, I think it's interesting now that Rob has been in charge of the whiskey and the, I think it was batch 100, the special one that he was actually, he was actually responsible for. I find a oh. big taste difference between those in the early batches.
1: Did you hear that he? I guess uh, I saw a, his post actually, Rob Turk's post. They're coming out with a, uh, b- a barrel strength
0: mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Yep,
1: which is awesome.
0: I think it. I think it came out, didn't it already?
1: It may have. But, I think uh, isn't
0: that the S and M two? No.
1: Yes. I is it? Yep. I
0: think so. Right? Okay. Yeah. The S and M. I think there's in one conjunction in
2: conjunction with the album.
0: Right. Okay. There's one and two out now, right? Or no? I think so. I think so. Oh,
1: yeah, I would love to taste that.
0: See that I'm is. actually I almost grabbed a bottle when it first came out because it was like in the I like getting for things like this, like the special box sets and whatever, but mm-hmm. um I didn't grab it. But I mean it's like for it's a really great price. It's under fifty bucks. I mean really? Taxes. Wow. Yeah.
1: That is great.
0: Yeah, it's priced really really well.
1: Wait, you're talking for the for the cask strength? Yes. Wow.
0: Cuz yeah, I think
1: I paid like 45 for this, so that's pretty close Yeah, it's like price. I think
0: it's like I don't know, Matt, what do you guys sell it is? I think it's like 48.
2: I don't, I don't have it the the cask strength one?
0: Oh, you don't have it? Oh. No,
2: no. Was it only online? Possibly.
0: No, it might have been. That would make, oh, that would
2: make sense. Yeah.
0: Was it a cask I think it was a casker special release, right? oh maybe i remember okay that i don't makes, think it was a
2: re- like. in retail stores though
0: mm-hmm. that's for yeah, the yeah, yeah you're right you're right that makes sense well matt what about you what are you drinking
2: well i'm not really drinking anything metallica related so i'm not drinking my blackened uh, which i'm very low on by the way but you know power with this album talking justice so i am drinking cash strength i'm drinking non-chill filtered right i'm drinking something that's seven years old you know, Justice came out seven years into their career. So there's some parallels nice. there, right? Nice. So uh, I am drinking the ever sought after blue spot.
0: Ooh, Irish wow.
2: whiskey. Yes. Ooh. This stuff is, I've, I've been really, not that I've, not that I've never done it before, but I've really been reading my labels lately and really going for the non-chill filtered stuff. You just get so much more flavor out of it you know you're not stripping all those beautiful fatty oils and congeners mm-hmm. away but and cash strength non-chill filtered irish is like is going to be a thing it's it's going to you're going going to see more expressions like this i know Redbreast just released one too good yep yeah.
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and this stuff is unbelievably delicious uh 54 abv i'm sorry 58.7 abv Wow, and loaded with tropical fruit a nice nuttiness on the back end, just very unique and well-balanced. And for something that's the youngest in the spot series, I think this actually outpaces the older stuff. That's just my opinion. This stuff is fantastic, worth every penny.
0: I'm going to have to try that. I have not had the blue spot yet. And I've been, I almost grabbed it off the shelf one day and I did. I forgot what I got instead, but I'll have to do it now on your recommendation.
2: Yeah, uh, I was chatting with Mark Gillespie on Instagram friend of friend of the show by the way and yes. he said that he didn't really see blue spot out in the wild so much as in stores but we I think my store only got three bottles of it and I'm like I am buying one of those I don't care how much it is so it's gonna set you back about hundred bucks but it's worth yeah. it yeah worth it
0: yeah I was in my honey hole in Spokane of this little tiny store an amazing store called Eggers liquors and um, they just They've been in business for a long time. They're family owned, and they know how to get all the good stuff. So <laughs> they're the ones that gave us the Yamazaki as a Christmas present. Awesome, yeah. It's really, really nice. Stay um, in contact with them. Yeah, <laughs> of course. For real. Um, so tonight, I'm also drinking. Uh, I'm drinking something that, to me, relates to the discussion tonight. Um, so when I got into Metallica, they were. I mean, they were, well, they were well known, but metal was still kind of like, it was a small category, let's say, right? That kind of thrash metal, thrash metal. Metallica was not commercially. Oh, it well was known still yet. very,
1: very niche back in. Yeah. It was
0: still, you day. know, what we would call underground.
1: Yes. Um,
0: and so I'm drinking something that, you know, you could call underground. And, um, the distiller is a rock you know he's a rocker himself and he he toured with musicians and rock and metal and um you know he's he's very he's a rebel in what he does he does his own thing um he doesn't really give a damn what people think about it he just does it for the love of the craft and it's phenomenal and delicious i'm drinking few spirits single malt american oh yeah is i have to say phenomenal So, um, it's probably the most unique American single malt I've tasted so far. And I'm a big fan. If you follow the show, you know that Matt and I are, Matt and I have been talking about American single malts for years. We predicted, you know, when everybody was still like, rye is the next big thing. I'm like, rye is over already. Hello. (laughs) It was, come on now. It's all about American single malts. And sure enough, it's one of the, um, it's one of the most popular emerging categories in whiskey, um, right now in actually around, I'm, I'm hearing from in Europe as well. Uh, they're kind of freaking out over the American single malts. So, um, this one is very woodsy. So the amount of barrel in it to me reminds me of a barrel proof bourbon, although it doesn't taste anything like a bourbon, it tastes like a single malt whiskey. Um, which is just phenomenal. I love it. When I first started sipping on it, I was like, whoa, is this too much barrel? Is this too much wood? But once you let it just linger on the palate, once you get to know it, once you let it all open up, you know, once you swallow it down and you're really getting all of that finish in there, it's really something special. Um, It's got a beautiful color. It's got a really light golden color. It's just full of... um marzipan it's full of peach and like white grape juice and then you get all of that wet woodsiness in there Mm. um which is just beautiful it's a it's a fantastic whiskey um Mm. it is a 93 proof um so you get a little bit of that heat in there you've got a nice body in it it's just beautiful and i know the word smooth is out I don't really give a shit. It's an easy descriptor. Um, It is incredibly smooth. It's incredibly velvety. Um, Yeah, it's phenomenal. And the nose on it, the nose on it is really interesting because the nose is all fruit and honey and zero wood. And then once you taste it, you're knocked down by that wood, but in a really good way.
1: Hmm.
0: Not like some, I've had the problem with some younger whiskeys just feel like i'm smelling ikea furniture but that's what i'm tasting and it's really unfortunate and unpleasant um and i don't know if it's because it's a young whiskey or they're in smaller barrels but you know the smaller your barrels you can be overdone in a split second and not realize it and it's too late you know Mm -hmm. um but this is really it just hits that point where the woodsiness is perfect so that is what i am drinking tonight so,
1: oh, sounds amazing. I'm gonna have to go after guacamole. Cheers, out
0: and everybody. Yes.
1: Find a bottle of that. Yeah,
0: you're right there, too. Yep. Come on now. You're right yep. there.
1: In the market for sure.
0: Exactly. So, uh, how about we have a song and then get into our subject? What do you think? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so tonight, as Ed mentioned earlier in the show, we are going to go back down that rabbit hole in our Metallica in the Mall series. We're going to talk about Injustice for All and the Black Album. Uh, Let's start off with Injustice for All. So it is uh, the fourth studio album by Metallica, released in 1988, September 7th. Um, It was the first album without Cliff. So we have Jason Newsted on bass or we don't. We'll get into that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> this album changed everything for the band. Or should we say Master of Puppets changed everything for the band. So the popularity of Master of Puppets and the success of the band got them to Injustice for All. Injustice for re- for all was a re- result of that and became an incredibly popular album and launched them into commercial success. This is also the first album of their career with an actual recording studio budget. What I mean by that is they had a budget unlike they had ever had before. Um, so w- let's talk about what we discussed last time we approached this and um, I for me, this is the last album that I really consider to be classic Metallica. Um, I wasn't thrilled with this album, although I love the album. It already seemed like a little bit of a departure from everything they had done before. And that's a natural progression. That's also like I said, they have a different studio budget and they're also they're a different band. Really? Um, but also this was a place in time for me personally as a teenager. Um, I was one of those kids that was saved by music. I needed that. I needed that release. Um, I needed, I don't know. I mean, heavy metal and rock really, really saved me. I had a rough childhood. Um, so when we discussed this previously, Metallica being the reason we started this podcast, I came at this subject full of my own personal feelings and my own biases and my own personal experience and my own disappointment in where the band would head after this, which is fair and unfair. Um, You know, taste is subjective. We talk about that with whiskey. Music taste is subjective as well, unless the band is complete shite. Uh, I gave the band a really, really hard time on this album. And I remember a few things that Jake had said that I really didn't give any credence and I feel like I should have. You know, I cannot imagine what it was like for these men. They were so young. And to have the horrific loss of Cliff, the way he died was absolutely horrific. Um, To have that happen to you, at such a young age um, and have to continue on. I can't, I can only imagine now, you know, being in my late forties, they would be, you know, they could have been my children at this age. um, How, how unequipped they were to deal with something like that. And it affected every aspect of their lives and watching interviews with them going back and, you know seeing you know thinking about where they were in their head i i think this album is a hell of a feat for where they were as a band mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give this album a lot more credit right now than i did previously kind of from a bird's eye view um It's pretty phenomenal and and impressive, you know, and, you know, we know them for who they are now, that coming out of such a tragedy like that, losing an integral member of the band. And I think that up until now, we have all agreed how important Cliff was to this band, how important he was to their sound, and how important he was as a musician to helping these guys become better musicians, Um, and better writers so they did an amazing job it just it just signals the end of the metallica that i so loved and so i I know that's where i was coming from last time um but you know the writing on this is is amazing the big problem that i have with this album is there's no bass Mm -hmm. and we talked about this last time it's absolutely ridiculous what happened on the album with the bass, whoever is responsible for it is neither here nor there. They were, you know, working with Fleming Rasmussen and I don't really think they had a lot of control over what they were doing. Um, And uh, I think that Mr. Ulrich had more control at the time, probably than ever before. Um, And, I don't know if they were in the place to fight something like that. I don't know if they were able to and I and I think it I can only imagine how much it hurt them to have someone else playing that instrument and have someone else's sound, you know, on that album that wasn't Cliff. So, you know, should they have been given some more time to record their next album? I wonder. I wonder how different that would have been. Well,
1: yeah, but it, it it's it's a, a very interesting album given the circumstances yeah um they're this is one of their more visceral albums in my opinion um and i'm thinking i've i've thought about this a lot since we've originally discussed this and i've you know know more about the history of it and what they were going through, you know, being young guys losing a a, a brother, um, and I'm starting to piece together why I think I liked this album so much is because there is so much emotion mm.
0: <laughs> in
1: this album. This is a very emotional album. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of pain being reflected in the both the writing and the the musical style in here. Um, like I said, it's very visceral album and i think that's one of the the couple of the reasons that really drew me to this um album because it really elicits a uh, emotional responses uh feelings and and it conjures up you know if you're if you're just wanna if you're frustrated about something and you just kind of want to let it all out this is a great album to listen to um yeah because there's so much it's a it's a roller coaster ride right, of of uh, emotions and uh yeah so without you know beating on that too much um yeah that's that's just kind of what i was thinking when you were you were talking about that
2: i think that you both hit the nail on the head to to a certain extent for me and my opinion has changed slightly where i would rack my brain trying to figure out is this album a progression is it a detour that would lead to another detour that would ultimately derail them? Or is it just the the byproduct of absolute anguish and pain? And this album does not exist if their bass player does not die. We do not get 100%. this album. Mm-hmm. We do not get this album. And I think after all these years, I finally accepted that this is a 100% a byproduct of their bass player dying. Nothing else, Nothing. Le- nothing more, nothing less. That being said, you said Sailor, they were so young, so tough to process. Uh, As a young musician, you feel invincible when you're on the road and you're with your buddies and something like this happens. And I think that there was some deflection in in the material on this album. I do think that they are going, there's the anger and the pain and the madness, but I think that it's deflected toward other things. I don't think they fully knew how to embrace the raw emotion that they were feeling in order to actually put the sadness onto tape and it went, it came out in other subjects. I you're going to hate me for using this parallel here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Both of you are going to hate me for using this parallel. But I think that with, with St. Anger, I think that the pain that he felt writing those lyrics, I think it completely hundred percent translates onto tape and he attacked what was killing him. On this, I think that they had to deflect it because they just weren't mature enough to embrace the pain that they were feeling.
0: No, I agree with you. I think you're right. I think think
1: that's fair. No, I do too. I think
0: It is fair. And I think also what's interesting is they were not happy with the way this was recorded, with the sound, the way it came out on so many different levels. Um, And I think it's, it's because... So, you know, Cliff dies in September of 86 this album comes out in September of 88 that's a really fucking short period of time all in all to heal from something like that imagine you're there my god you know in the accident when he dies i mean they all were they that- were playing
2: they they were playing gigs by the I end know. of 86 i know not 3 months after he died not, sh- not long after the tryouts for new bass players they didn't take any time off
0: you know and that and i that was very much of the of the time that that yeah. was the best thing to do that was recommended and perhaps they wanted to do that perhaps they felt like if they sat around thinking about it they'd lose their fucking minds that's, all and that's fair i'm not someone that can i get it because you know i lost i lost a friend recently and we all lost someone that we cared for very much mm. in our whiskey fabric recently and um, when I lost my dear friend Mike I, cu- I couldn't I could I think I, I kind of run like that I'm afraid to sit there and process it because I don't want to feel what's coming you know what I mean so I just work through it and in the end you end up squeezing it into a little box and my friend Lori and I would say we have a warehouse of all these little boxes stuffed with our shit and we used to joke when we were single that you know and we would date someone, we should say, here's the key to the warehouse, and you can walk through it and open the boxes. <laughs> and if you get out the other side, great, we can date. If not, see you later. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of get that. Um, I also think, you know, being a little more scientific about this, being a little more, you know, looking into the psychology of this, they they really were, they really got fucked over in the recording, too and so i wonder how different it would have s- i think i can imagine okay i'm you know we're speculating everything here cuz we don't know of course but i'm not going to be up for a fucking fight about the the ins and outs of the recording on this album i'm not going to have it in me are you do you guys would you at that time have it in you to fight you're still a young band you're still having to prove yourself this is your first real big you know, studio project. That's like, you know, a a big boys project. I'm not going to have it in me to fight Rasmussen on this. Um, And I think that was a shame because they have, you know, Mm -hmm. spoken often about how unhappy they were with it, you know, afterwards. Um, So that, that there's so much behind this album. Okay. Let's do this. This album in a vacuum is fucking incredible, right? of course absolutely by itself incredible it is the first metal album ever to gain commercial success on this scale ever 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 which leads to why the album bums me out (laughs) because (laughs) (laughs) i wanted everything to stay like it was before yeah um you know, it went eight times platinum. It peaked at number six on the Billboard chart. I mean, this has never happened before. It was, it was fucking bonkers. And the sound, you know, I, I I talked about this before. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was in a really very, very difficult place as a teenager when this album came out. Um, Very difficult. And um, I was in a really physically, uh, it, everything was very, very bad. The, the day I got my hands on this tape and sat around with my friends and we listened to it and nobody said a fucking word. You could, a pin could have dropped outside of the music. We didn't say anything. We listened to the whole entire thing without speaking. It's something I will never, ever, ever forget. I mean, you, you know, you would do that, but you'd, you'd say things in between songs, but we didn't say a word. I think also we were waiting for the album too, you know, and, 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 what a thing to wait for after what had happened with them. Oh my gosh, what is this going to sound like? What is it going to be like without cliff? How, you know, also, you know, I think the marketing of the album, we knew this was something very different. I had never seen a metal album marketed like that before. Um, If they were marketed at all, really, you know, (laughs) that was a really big deal. So I think there was a lot of bated breath waiting for this album. Um so sitting there listening to it there was there was so many things going on like it's fucking heavy it's fucking amazing but it's also weird to hear that kind of sound from metallica right it's just
1: yeah you're weird. coming at this at, you have a unique perspective um in that respect because like i said matt and i got into this album much later than you did. So yeah, it's, 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 I understand what you're saying, but it's really hard to relate.
0: I get that. It's, 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 I, I totally get that. Most people come to this and it's like, oh yeah, it's like a Metallica album. No big deal. But it was yeah. not no big deal. At the time. Yeah. It was a very big deal. And it was a, I mean, and, and we've talked about this and done this before. Listen to master of puppets and then right away, listen to injustice for all. And tell me that you don't recognize how different they are.
1: Oh, I can tell you right now that yeah, they are. You know, there is it, a market difference. But uh, again, there's so many bands out there that you know it's 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 a similar process. Things happen in the band, lineups sure. change, sounds yep. change. That's the way it goes.
0: Well, sure, but I think we all have we all have something in our lives that we wish never changed, right? Oh sure, we all have that nostalgia. We all have that—that mm-hmm. that one thing that we just wanted to remain constant. You know, we yeah. Just don't... No, I'm
1: not. I'm not discounting <laughs> that at all. Not no, at but all. I
0: mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. you can't judge an album based on that. But then sure. again, you can, because again, it's all subjective, right?
1: Right. Exactly. It's all
2: in the <laughs> ear of the beholder. What I f- <laughs> what I find amazing, and it's only a two year period between Master Puppets and Injustice for All is that this was the album that took off to a different stratosphere. <laughs> Not because it's it. Uh, I'm, I'm privy to master of puppets as a better album, but they are completely different. Like you said, but what was it in that two year period that didn't make master of puppets that eight times platinum album at the time in two years money was there? What was there a shifting? You think it was just that
0: it was a oh, marketing absolutely.
2: machine. Your marketing Absolutely. machine, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. This was, and that's what I mean. Like, it it had a different sound. It had a different, you know, it was radio ready. You know, all that shit. It was, it was just, it was marketed like a real release. And I'm saying real release meaning, you know, that wasn't real music at the time. Metal was not something that was the mainstream or. Commercial. I mean, radio, radio ready out with of eight that underground. Songs, I mean, radio ready with the quality of recording and sound and what you expect to hear from like I got major you. artists, okay. so not
1: the songs themselves. Technically, no, no, but just no, the, yeah, no,
0: no, yeah, because yeah,
1: the, these are long songs. We're yeah. not talking about radio-friendly song lengths here. No, 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 no. In that
0: respect, no. Sorry, that's but. Not what no, that's not what I meant. Sorry, I, I should have explained better. I meant that, yeah the the quality of recording, the qu- the type of sound, um, you know, and then it's it's nominated for a Grammy, and I just remember being like, what the fuck, like if. It's finally
1: happening. Well, yeah, you don't know any better, so you're like,
0: yeah, yeah, man, see, they are a good band. Like, see, they do kick ass, because you don't know what this is going to mean now that everybody knows about them, that everything's fucked after that. Um, I think we talked about this last time, but it still cracks me up every time I come across it, who won, who they lost the Grammy to. Do you guys remember who it is?
1: Jethro Tull. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, like, the most ridiculous thing. It's
0: so absurd. Ever. What is that? Jethro Tull is, like, fucking flute uh, folk music.
1: Just today, I, I was looking through Blabbermouth articles and saw Alice Cooper was reminiscing about that. I guess he was the one who announced it. He's like, I thought I had the wrong envelope.
0: <laughs> I would, too. I'd be like, oh, I just, I just fucked up on the Grammys. Totally. <laughs>
1: and they performed at the
2: grammy awards too but... Uh, yes. Yeah, that's they, cool. Yeah.
0: The only reason I was watching that night. I could have yeah. given at the time I could have given two shits. Yep. Um there wasn't really I mean, I don't know. The 80s were it was, it was it was a good time for music, but there was like a moment where like I was into like early 80s what was being played on the radio and then there was like a gap and then I was like fuck everything on the radio. And I was like in the <laughs> It was an of the time thing um it's funny because i came across a review that i didn't read at the time this is i I read this more recently um there was a reviewer out of (laughs) out of chicago that actually called this the most flattest sounding album but the most ambitious most flattest that's probably (laughs) the best way to describe this album the most ambitious and they're flattest sounding. I would totally agree with. Totally. That's just me. So, um, all right. Favorite songs off this album? You can only have one. Give me your favorite songs.
1: We can only have one?
0: You can what only you said, have
1: one. Well, that leaves us one each, song. Each, each, each. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Hmm. You can only pick one song. Oh.
1: Song my I know. New out. Uh, you know what
0: what's it going to be Ed
1: this has always been one of my favorite songs off of this album I'm going to pick this one one is like the would be like the popular choice I'm sure but when it comes down to it I really like the Friedens of Sanity Okay. Uh, this album because the to me there is a dual guitar solo in there where both James and Kirk get going at it and they are just they just kill it together that's the it, it, it's amazing So yeah, that's right. that's probably my fate one of my favorite moments out of this album, is that uh, dual guitar solo on uh, "Freidens of Sanity." So I'm just gonna pick that song.
0: Okay, Matt, what about you?
1: Harvester of Sorrow. Oh,
0: that's a good one. All right, Matt Harvester of Sorrow. That's probably my second favorite song. One, I can't stand that song. I hated it. <laughs> from the moment it came out. I still hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate the video, the song. I hate it. Um, all right, so we have um, Freight Ends of Sanity and Harvester of Sorrow and Blackened. Yes,
2: yes, yes.
0: Boom. Out of all three of those, which is the best song? That would be Blackened. (laughs) I'm just going to choose for us. (laughs) Amazing. If we have to do a poll, Blackened's going to win. Come on. Come on.
1: We have to do a poll now.
0: (laughs) All right, Matt. Okay. You got to do the poll. I'm going to leave
2: the write in vote open. People are going to write in one.
0: No. No,
2: no, there's no no write in.
0: No, write in. Three
1: songs.
2: Here come all the the comments, right? I cannot have
0: any more Chili Peppers. What happened
2: to one? No one.
0: Fuck that song. (laughs) Fuq that song. No. All right. Up next, the Black Album. And we me start laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Alrighty, then. So, uh, Metallica, which we call the Black Album because it was stupid to call it Metallica, (laughs) has got some of the shittiest... This has got to be one of the worst album covers in the history of album covers. Yeah, you gotta disagree? look at. Hold,
1: look at. I kind of can make out. There's like a snake down in the coiled snake in the corner. Here, hold on. I think hold, it, on it's the, their the Metallica logo up in the.
0: Uh... Hold that. Hold that up, Ed.
1: So try to get it without reflection. Yeah, right there. there right there, right yeah, there. there. Yeah, there it is.
0: It's stupid. It's garbage. What the fuck is that? It's so dumb.
1: Well, so at dumb. least you know they they did. One of their songs is "Don't Tread on Me," which is, I guess, an ode. That's why that snake is on the cover, but uh, just
2: called it that. I mean, maybe they couldn't call it that.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah,
2: that would have been a better. I don't
0: know why they couldn't call it that. It's the name of a song.
2: That's true. Yeah. So that'd be a good pool. Pull like alternate names for that album. Alternate titles. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Struggle within. Like I thought that would that would have been a cool fucking.
0: There's a no, lot of nobody. I mean, yeah. You could call it French fries and it'd be a better name <laughs> <laughs> with a photo of French fries on the cover oh, and it would God. have been a better cover. I mean, it looks like a five-year-old drew the snake. I don't know what they're doing with the fucking logo in the corner. How could you not update? Like I, please, I would have done a re-release so long ago with a new cover and made sure no one ever used this as the cover ever, ever, ever again. It is horrific. But anyway. Okay. This was released in 1991. So there's your first problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> it was recorded in 1990. That's your second problem. Or maybe first and second. Um they are now Metallica. Instead of being like, Metallica, they're Metallica. Pinkies up. Um, <laughs> I do not like this album. And I mean, I don't talk about any of their other albums because I they don't exist to me. This album exists because it was my last attempt with them. And after this, I was just like, no more, motherfuckers. So again, I remember what I was doing when this, when I heard the first, actually, I heard the first song on the radio before I went and bought, I think I bought, I bought the CD. Um, and I remember, I think it was, um, it was Enter Sandman. And I was like, what is this? This sounds like, oh my God. And I happened to be driving in my car with a friend. Um, We were new friends. We worked together. I think I was giving him a ride home. And we hadn't talked about, you know, if we shared music tastes. And um, it turns out he was was a metalhead. And he looks over at me. And we just gave each other this look like, (laughs) what's happening right now? And I'm like, is this Metallica? And I was like, I feel like pulling over to cry. It was, I just thought, this isn't happening. So I went and got the fucking CD and listened to the whole thing and then said, yes, this is in fact happening. Again,
1: you know, it's a unique perspective. Yeah, I I came into it later, like Matt. Funny thing is. As much as I loved this album back in the day, maybe it's because I've been listening to more <laughs> older Metallica. I just don't like it as much as I used to.
0: Mmm. Very interesting. It
1: instead of it's it. I've, I'm kind of growing apart from this album. Um. To me, I <laughs> small me, steps. I could keep four songs off this album and the rest, if I never heard them again, probably it'd be, you know, no big deal. Um, Enter Sam. And of course, you know, it is. I, I still like that, that song. I still, still love that song. Um, Sad, but true, the unforgiven and wherever I may roam to me. I like those four songs, the rest of them.
0: Yeah. Um, Ed, I got to tell you, you are you are a brother from another mother, for sure. In all these years we've been podcasting together, the things we've all been through together, you are my family. But I have to tell you, <laughs> it's a very good thing that we are not in the same room recording right now, because I would have punched you. Not in the face, what? but in the arm.
1: Why? Enter I sad
0: I call it Sad yes. Man, by the way.
2: Well, sorry. Even though you said you weren't as big a fan of the album, she would still punch you.
0: It <laughs> would still punch you.
2: Because that's your favorite song.
0: I'm going to text her wife and say, can you please just go downstairs and punch him real quick? I'll explain later.
2: <laughs> you should just punch to the screen like that and then have her like extend the arm <laughs> and like you're punching. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, that's not in the budget. <laughs>
0: Okay, have a question for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about the song, My Friend of Misery. Familiar with it?
1: You insist that the weight of the world should be on your shoulders? Yeah. I, I'm familiar with it. Matt? Jason Newstead, writing credit. Yes.
0: The Struggle Within? Yep. Matt? Yep. Through the Never?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: You sound
2: familiar. I have something to say with that song. About that song. Yes.
0: All right. Go ahead, Matt. What? No, it's your turn.
2: No, finish your thought.
0: No, I'm not about uh, those no. songs. No, I'm not. I will I will after you talk.
2: Oh, okay. I see an what experiment. you're doing. Here.
0: I'm conducting an experiment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Ed is unconvinced.
2: Wow, what do I start? So do I start with the songs that I actually can take away from this and enjoy on a regular basis. Maybe. Sad but true. "Sad but true, I think is probably maybe because they play it live so much and I've seen them play it live so much. I think that it translates very well in a live setting as far as crowd reaction goes, but It's catchy enough for me to be like, okay, I kind of like that song. I think through the never is another one that is catches me enough to actually enjoy. And I think it being so short, I think it's only three and a half minutes. I think it's just like quick to the point and it's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) So I think those two are really the only ones I can take away from this. And I didn't listen to our last black album episode. I didn't get that far, unfortunately in this research. So if I'm contradicting, if I'm contradicting anything I was saying before, this is just me growing as a podcaster the last three years (laughs) and growing and really just learning how to listen to music differently from what we do here. But I think those are the, really the only two songs that I can confidently say, I don't mind.
1: (laughs) I don't, I don't mind. There's a hearty endorsement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's a song on this that became pretty famous if you knew me when this album came out and for probably the next three years because this album wouldn't fucking die. Um, so track number eight is one of the most hated of mine um oh yeah and i so okay (laughs) i saw them live in must have been right after this it would have been this tour um i did not want to see them anymore but one of my best friends that i grew up with we've known each other since i was nine she was so i had come back I was in college and I come down back down to Florida to visit and she got tickets to see Metallica and I wasn't going to be like, Oh bitch, listen, I hate them now. I was like, Oh my God, thank you. That's so generous and kind. And <laughs> so <laughs> we went to Miami and um, yeah. Um, so track number eight, there's a part in that song where it sounds like he's saying hurls and um am playing in a minute. And it sounds absolutely. It sounds like that's what he's saying live and um, on the album. And so I rewrote the whole song to talk about puking after drinking. <laughs> 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 if you know the part that I'm talking about, um, what I think it's one of those nothing else matters. Her, her, hurls
2: <laughs> at the <laughs> what end. Are yeah. You
0: even doing what? What? Why would you make that sound? That sounds fucking ridiculous. Um.
2: There are very few Metallica songs where I can openly say like there are some that I'm very indifferent about. Most of them I'm very indifferent about. There are very few songs that I can openly come out and say, I fucking hate that song. I fucking hate that song.
0: Same. I do so bad. Like, but here's the thing about this album. This is them finally processing. Cliff is never coming back they are fucking depressed this Correct. is depression that's mm. what this album is it is oh. weighted and i don't mean heavy like in heavy metal i mean yeah. weighted this it is, is weighted true. it is it is pathetic and i don't mean pathetic i don't know how i don't know how best to articulate I th- pathetic to may
1: not be the best word I know what you're you're going for. I know what you're going for. It's melancholy. No, um, I don't know, but melancholy
0: would be a good album. (laughs) Um, they are. It's just depression. It's the. It's it's almost like the stages of grief. Well, look
1: at some of the names of the songs. Um, my friend of misery. Nothing else matters. Like,
0: yeah.
1: What the hell? Sad but true. Right. Um. You know. The yeah. god that failed. Okay, yep. so
0: let's talk about the stages of grief. Right, denial is number one. Anger is number two. So in between, when Cliff died, and when Injustice for All, when they're writing Injustice for All, it's they're in anger for sure, right?
1: Struggle with within.
0: As they're touring in between when Cliff dies and Injustice for All comes out, there that's denial. Then there's bargaining and depression. This is fucking depression. This is, I, I think what happened as a listener and as a fan is I went, oh, God, they're not they're never going to recover. They're they're not going to recover. This is what Metallica sounds like now. This is who Metallica is now. This is I don't know if it means this is Metallica without Cliff. And, and I don't know that it's fair to give him that much at this point that much influence over the whole band because you know jameson is incredible he's an incredible poet um you know as much as i give Lars shit the two of them together you know they formulate incredible music they write incredible music okay. um performance is something else they're they're you know insanely talented so i don't want to give all the credence to the to the sound being a departure from cliff i think it's just them being separated from cliff and and for as for me as a fan i went oh god this is what metallica is now and i don't like it and i don't want it and do if i've never heard metallica before and i find this album i'd probably be like oh this is cool but if you're old metallica and you hear this album oh my god this is an album you slit your wrist to you know (laughs) like that's that's the imagery that comes to mind and I feel horrible now for them. And I, it's, I, I, I feel, God, you know, I hope this was a processing point for them as human beings, as people, because, you know, I want to care for them as human beings as well. Um, I don't know if this was maybe the end of that darkness for them and they were able to get it out and process it. And that's what art does for us. But how many times have you heard you know, the moniker that, you know, an artist gets healthy and then their art sucks. And sadly, <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That's a real thing.
2: An artist gets healthy. They bring in Bob Rock and then, then their shit sucks.
0: Exactly. Like
2: like Motley Crue.
0: Trent Reznor yeah. literally said once in an interview, I'm afraid if I get therapy, I won't be able to write music anymore or write music people want to hear. <laughs> it is. But it, it it's sad, but it's
1: sad, but sad true. But
0: true. <laughs> I don't <think> that's <laughs>
1: I had planned that,
0: God damn it! That was the plan, you motherfucker. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if I was the editor, I would edit that out! <laughs> but I'm not, because, you are, God damn it!
2: <laughs> because, remember, they brought in Bob Rock because of Bob Rock's the job he did on Dr. Feelgood, which, when we talked about Motley Crue, was an album that both me and Sailor shit on big time
0: oh, we shit on it, we kicked it, we spit on it, we punched it, we flushed it down the toilet, and then kicked it some more. Um, Do you think that at this point they were just like, fuck (laughs) it? Or do you think they were still being... I feel like at this point they're still being... I think they were strung along for a while really kind of i think there was a bit of indifference there was a bit of i don't really have it in me to fight and advocate for myself as an artist or as a band and then at some point they're just like fuck that this is what we're doing now this is who we are now later
1: yeah, not that is... i like
0: anything that they've done <sighs> af- after
1: well i think they came they came out of this album a markedly different Band. but do you this really think me... they
0: were like let's get Bob Rock that makes sense for Metallica I, no, I, I, think, yeah.
1: I don't know if it was them I don't know if it was their label pushing it on him. I have no <laughs> idea <laughs> but uh anyway I'd say I'm definitely a bigger fan of some things that were come to come later
2: I, don't, sure. I think that one, once they hit the road and they were on the road for two and a half three years however long they were on the road supporting this album And the money just started flowing and flowing and flowing. I think that any uh, transgressions they had back in maybe 90 or 91 when they were recording this album, I think it just went away. I think they embraced the change that they would undergo in 95, 96 with Bob Rock still there. And I just think that they just saw dollar signs and dollar signs and dollar signs and they were okay with it, you know. They were being artists. They were okay with the change. They were all okay with the avant-garde and the eyeliner and all the stuff that they would do in the mid '90s. So I think that they just kept embracing further and further out from where they were. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, we should probably <laughs> we we should we should probably play a song off this fucking album. <laughs> Well, you know, which one do we play? Well, that's the thing. God bless America. Which one do we play? Um I do we don't, think of,
2: do we all think of a number from one to twelve? You know what? Add I it know together, exactly. then divide it by three.
0: I know exactly <laughs> which one play. Hold on. I know exactly which one I'm gonna play. Because okay, it so. just, you know, it's just really about what's happening right now. <laughs> No.
1: <laughs> are you Are you playing yes. play a song from that... a different album
0: <laughs> Here we go Metallicus
1: off Unforgiven for making this album
0: Can you hear this Yes or no Yes Yes okay Let's just get to it
1: already. <laughs>
0: no. I, oh my god. <laughs> that
2: first, the first lyric and riff, it sounds like a hair metal song. Like, oh my Reaching god. Reaching up for something, you got the yield. It sounds no. like a bunch of kids in a no. fucking
0: garage pretending. Dude. Like, there was a yeah. minute where I was like, oh, wait, I don't remember this song. And then the lyric starts. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is that singing right now? <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Am I wrong? <laughs> I need to play it again? Don't make oh, me no. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> that is not the James Hetfield who sang For Whom the Bell Tolls. You know, or, I mean, come on. You know, I th- I, and I think I said this before. He used to have one, of the best, I thought, the best voices in metal, for sure. I loved the sound of his voice and then he sings that? That's what he sounds like? Get the fuck out of here. So... Are we in agreement that this album sucks? Is anyone going to fight me on that?
1: I'm not going to fight you. That um, guy right there.
0: <laughs> Ed,
2: I,
1: I don't know if I would go as far to say it sucks. I would say that it is probably one of their my lesser favorite.
0: That means it sucks, dude.
1: Albums, but, uh,
0: that means it sucks. I'm going to put it on the goddamn anime.
1: (laughs) No, you're not.
0: (laughs) I'll switch it. Make it the number one spot. How about that? Right after Larceny. (laughs) Oh, God.
2: I have a question for Sailor, though. Oh, boy. Is it possible for you to look at this album in sort of a broader spectrum as far as importance to the time?
0: No, God, no, I mean, absolutely no.
2: Can you justify a hundred million albums sold or whatever no. it was? No, no.
0: This is exactly no. okay. where where me as a metalhead in the eighties never wanted metal to go. Okay, so in that respect, <laughs> yes. um This is this is what we feared. Would happen. This is what any anyone who likes underground music, anyone who likes music that is, you know, a band or a style that isn't popular. What is your fear? If they, of course, you love them, you want them to be successful. You want them to be able to afford food and a house and all those great things, right? You want them to tour, but your fear always is, if they become famous, they will suck. Why is that? Because it fucking happens, and for some reason, it happens with bands mostly that are underground. And I think it is what we just talked about. You get therapy. You're not angsty anymore. You're not depressed. You're not, I don't know. You're not totally fucked up and everything changes. And that as a human being, please let that happen to you. But as the fan of the music, if that makes your changes in your music, that sucks for us.
1: That uh reminds me going back this. I don't think this is too obscure of a reference, but going back to Wayne's world, that scene where, uh, where Garth and Roblo and and, and uh, uh, Garth is like eat fear change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what <are you> talking <laughs> <about>? <laughs> That's literally what he was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> because it's. I mean, we've seen it so many times, and it's. You know, you gotta find a way to still. You can be comfortable and you can have a great recording budget, but you can also keep your sound. You can also stay true to your music. But I think in the case with this band, they were so young when they got their success and when they formed their original sound that I think classic Metallica was just unfortunately very of the time, very of their unformed. I think they were unformed and I felt they were fully formed. In their classic Mm -hmm. albums. I needed nothing to change. I needed nothing else but that. But I think obviously as humans. And as artists they were unformed. And this is who they are now. As formed artists. And I don't like it. But that's okay. you know.
2: I always thought Rust in Peace. Was going to be the album that took. Everything that happened in the 80s. Into the 90s. Because it came out in 90.
0: Hmm. And
2: Rust in Peace is a fucking great album.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And then this coming out in 91, <laughs> for real, completely,
0: yeah, like that's you a gr- said,
2: kind of erased what happened in
0: 1990. You're absolutely right. That's a f- yeah. fantastic example. Actually, thank you for that. Because I I saw him at um, Megadeth for that tour, and we did think like. I mean, it's not like we were like, oh, it's 1990. Everything's changed. Like, you don't feel like that. Right. I mean, did you feel like that from, I don't know, last year, or this year? It's like the next day. Who cares? You know, it's not like, oh, everything's changed. When you look back, you're like, oh, fuck, you know, things kind of did change. But you don't feel like that in the moment. I think we just thought like, oh, their next album is really good. Oh, their next album is really shit. I don't think we saw it as like a era change. But for, I think we had hopes for their next album, certainly after Rest in Peace. I think, you know, and Justice for All, we didn't see it as the end. We saw it as kind of like, you know, like a little, we were a little maybe on edge, a little perked, a little excited slash confused slash worried, but unsure because we were also, while I was young. But my God, the Black album. (laughs) It's a black. It's called the black album because it's the death of classic Metallica, and if you are a diehard you go. classic Metallica fan, you know that's why we call it the black album. And now we need taps to play, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get out my bug axe. And- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I don't want to play any more songs off that fucking album. And you can't make me. (laughs) I just don't. I don't want to hear it.
2: Um, Everyone knows the songs. It's fine.
0: Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so unfortunate because my god was this album popular. Oh, lord have mercy. I mean... I'm disgusted. Well, that I'm sorry going. this
1: uh this series had to end on such a low note, but uh <laughs> I mean if we continued we could go lower. I mean think about that.
0: Oh, please. we did that yeah. last time and it was it was not yeah. I wasn't happy. Then Jake and I ended up getting to a huge fight afterwards. I think you were still on with us, Matt, for that. And I ended up yeah. just shutting my computer and being like, fuck off. Um <clears throat> no we don't want to do we we don't want to talk about the albums after the black yeah. album we really don't
2: we don't ha- want to have to talk about country metal metallica no,
0: please god no.
2: blues metal blues metal yeah let's not to, let,
0: or or let's pretend we're hard rock or hard rock hardcore because we're old dudes now and don't realize hardcore has already been there and done but we're gonna do it commercially and think everybody's gonna like it <laughs> let's not do that either Instead, okay. how about we let's do this? Let's play a song off one of our favorite Metallica albums, right? Let's let's end right. on that note. Sounds good. All right, let's do uh, ba, 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 ba. all right, let's do let's, let's just do this. All right,
2: let's go hardwired. No, <laughs> play new Metallica.
0: Fuck off. <laughs> no. Never.
2: Cool album cover, though. Never. Sorry. Good album cover. No. Great old
1: art. Too, yeah. It?
0: How do you make this? And then that's yeah. it. How you're the same people. I don't get it.
2: I I have a question. I have a question for seller though before another question for seller before we wrap up here. Yeah. Is there absolutely anything these guys being in their mid fifties now that they could do that would get your ear again?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, make an album like Kill em All, make an album like Ride the Lightning, make an album like Master Puppets, or my God, make an album like Injustice for All. Yeah, make one of those albums. Please. Again, stop trying to reinvent your sound. Do you think they're capable think of doing they're- it? Or- yes. They are. Okay. Yes, All of right, course. so you,
2: at least you give them that. Okay. They're the
0: people that did that. Hell yeah. yeah they are. And they've they they play their old shit and you know James voice changed, which is sad and it happens to it happens he's a human being mm-hmm. and this happens to many singers which is unfortunate. Um, you know, so that part sucks cuz I I'm telling you like he was one of my favorite vocalists in metal but hands down the sound of his voice. But, yeah, absolutely they can. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're so rich now. I don't think they do anything for money anymore. I don't think they do anything for acclaim anymore. I think they just do things for enjoyment now, yeah, which is think- a fucking great place to be in. Revisit mm-hmm. your original sound. But I don't know if that's... I mean, we're speculating about people, too. You, you know. What? Yeah. Is it too painful I, for them? Is it too difficult for them? I don't know.
1: I thought it would always be. It would be re interesting. What I'm trying to say. Thought it would be interesting to see what would happen if they re recorded and Justice for All stuff. with yeah. their current lineup. Can you
0: imagine that would be that would, How amazing. The, that would be. Oh my god! Not only that, but they're better musicians now, just mm-hmm. by years, right, and experience. It would be incredible. I don't want them to touch anything else before that, but <laughs> yeah, please, God, don't.
2: I don't think they would. No.
0: I don't think they would no. either. <clears throat> they know better. I'd find them and kill them all. <laughs>
1: kill them. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sailor with the pun tonight. ching Yeah, yeah. Falling only got paid for it. Um, I think <laughs> that I, I honestly, exp- I have expected them to do that. I think every fucking year of my life since <laughs> that album came out. Honestly, I really have. I've, I've expected it so many times, especially because go out there. When, when you have a little bit of time to go down a rabbit hole, go down the rabbit hole of Metallica interviews, and you can start from the most recent. What are the number one questions they are still asked? Still you guys know what I'm going to say, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Newstead, the bass on Injustice for All. They're still asked about it. Fucking remake the and goddamn I, album.
2: They, they never it. give a straight answer. Either.
0: No, but also bring that poor motherfucker back to play bass on it. I th- I mean, that yeah, What's would,
2: he doing nowadays. I mean, I don't know, but he's he's painting. <laughs> <he's, he's, laughs> it wasn't, painting. Yeah. It wasn't no. for his
0: lack of talent. That's not what it was yeah. about. And I no. again, I don't think it was. The, I really don't think it was the band's decision. I They have said it wasn't. I I, they were in a fucked up place, man. They were and they were they were in a vulnerable place and they yeah. got taken advantage of on that album. I really believe that. I think it was a. it was a very heavy hand. It was a, it was a tough time. And I think it's, I think it's too bad, but I get it. I get, I I get why all of that happened. Um, But go back to, I mean, you could now like how, who cares now? What you could make an album playing the fucking flute and farting and people, who cares? (laughs) You've made your money. You've made your fame. Like, but go back to your original sound and then you would, You would get all your original classic fans back because I'm not the only one that feels like this. Trust me. Yeah, not at all.
1: I'm sure, like most of the OG fans, definitely feel the same way you do. And And I know they
2: like uh, they they, hardwired was a very good effort. I, I think that they actually tried to have bits and pieces of their entire career and all their sounds meld into one album. Cause you hear all versions of Metallica in that yeah. album, or at least if. they try.
0: Yeah. They try. Um,
2: it was, it, it was a good effort. Um, yeah. But I think you're right. Ed, I think re-recording that album should be their next project. Just forget it.
0: It should have been their next Just project 15 a years A long time ago. Yes. If not 20. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, what was it the thirtieth anniversary could the other you, day?
1: could you imagine if they did that, how well that album would sell?
0: Oh my God, come on, <laughs> it would be no really i I would probably be their best selling album of all time ever, ever ever because I know that, I'd be
1: first in line
0: me too. It would be yep. that perfect intersection of your old fans and your new fans. It would be oh my gosh it, it would it would just be. Pfft. Right, my fucking mind blowing, and it doesn't. It wouldn't even matter what it sounded like. <laughs> it would just be that album.
1: Well, I don't know if I go that album far, but is, <laughs> I get your point. Well,
0: if you could hear it first and then go buy it, but that's not usually how it works. You know, I'm just saying. If they release it like you can't hear it first, it would be their best selling album ever. I think, hands down. So I'm glad we did this, yes. you guys. How do you feel about it?
1: very good i'm trying to feel more. <laughs> i feel i feel closure is that the right that
0: third? yes thank you i do too i feel cleansed in a way i feel like we we kind of put a nice bow on it we wrapped it up yes closure is great it was very unfinished last time mm-hmm. it was there was a lot of fighting
1: a little chaotic It was um,
0: chaotic there's a lot of bad feelings I think not, some.
1: Permanent, not permanently, <laughs> Jessica.
0: Ooh, I think some people uh, felt it permanently. We uh, were
2: ready to finally get back to our hair metal series. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I'll say this. I'm glad that we did this because I do feel like I was very unfair in so many spots. And so I'm really, really glad we got to talk about that and i got to honor them a little bit better because they were my favorite band of all time ever 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 at one time and i i think it's only fair to honor them as such and i i gave them a much harder time than i probably should have um so yeah so i'm glad we did this and um it was it was great to revisit this and see how you guys how your perspective has changed as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was cool to it see it definitely
1: has Yep. Um, and
0: yeah, we should definitely go back to our hair metal series one day.
2: Yeah. Although when we were at dinner, we were talking about like three or four different bands that. we're Oh we my should god!
0: Do. Yes. And
2: then, and then I'm like, oh wait, maybe we will we'll never ever get back to our hair metal series. I don't
0: remember any of the bands you talked about, but I remember uh, being uh, really excited about all of them. Yes. You'll have to tell me later. Later. Me too, oh, we're just about that yeah. today. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Is that the end? That's the end. This is the end. Muffin. That's another fucking guy I hate with a passion. All right, let's play a song before we say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could tell by my singing exactly who I was talking about, right? <laughs> of course you could. Sure. Yeah. It's another one of those well. We'll discuss another time. yep oh yeah (sighs) man (laughs) tell you what (laughs) (sighs) all right so things we want to talk about before we end let's see okay um i live in florida now super fucking psyched about it um it's been awesome i started a little company well, little, little company, yes, little cocktail company. It's called uh, com, and I do cocktail boxes. And um, I just launched a brand new subscription series, which is cigars and whiskey samples and a cocktail mix. And mm. they will always be old-fashioned mixes. And they will always be paired with an album or artist or genre of music. And um, you'll get a different, so you'll get two cigars, two samples of whiskey, and then uh, eight ounces of cocktail mix. And um, every month it'll be something different. And April is going to be devoted to Prince because it's my birthday month. So uh, head over to sailorgavara.com and order your subscription. We also have cocktail box subscriptions. And Ed is a new subscriber. Thank you, Ed. Yay.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. So I've, I've been having a lot of fun with these creations. Um, it's something really good for me. I'm on leave at the moment from my brand so that I can get healthy again and um, just rest and recuperate and then start a new role in the fall. Um, <clears throat> so I'm doing some writing for American Whiskey Magazine, which has been so phenomenal and has always been my dream retirement. And as I'm edging ever so close, I (laughs) hope, (laughs) to retirement, I just thought I'd start early, right? Um, American Whiskey Magazine is such an amazingly cool um, project. And the woman who is the editor, you guys, we're going to talk about Phoebe. Matter of fact, we should have her on the show. Yeah, we should. So cool. She's She's a badass young woman who has taken on the... I don't even know what to say, the the helm and the weight and the awesome project of an American whiskey magazine, which is, as you know, such a male dominated industry, an Mm -hmm. industry that has been we need to dust it off, right, Um, pull it off the shelf. We need to give it some creativity and a spotlight especially on all of our new distilleries and our craft distilleries and our the diversity in our industry. And that's exactly what she's doing. And she is she's a badass and I'm a huge fan. So um, that's been really exciting. And uh, Matt and I very soon are going to be bringing you some really fun as we were shitting on reviewers, we're going to be talking about our favorite whiskeys. we're not going to be talking about whiskeys. We don't like because we don't do that. We're going to be talking about new whiskeys that we try and distilleries that we like and things that are new and different. And we'll be tasting them together. We're going to be in the same room, which is super cool.
2: Yes. We may be visiting some places. Yes, we will be visiting
0: places that are close to us. Hint, hint, hint. Um, so that's going to be really fun. So stay tuned for those on our YouTube channel where you're watching this. And if you're not watching this, you guys, did you know that we have been recording this on video for months now? Yeah, and it's the, hell? the pain of my existence because I have to put on my face every time and not... <laughs> be in my pajamas with like my hair bunched on top of my head and no makeup, and the guys are like, "Geez, I really wish she didn't have her camera on.
1: But it, it only counts what's from the waist up. From the waist <laughs> down, who cares?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's Well,
1: we you know mean. what Ed's wearing or not wearing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All I can <laughs> say is I'm warm and comfortable.
0: Ed, I think you should... Um, Show the viewers and let the listeners hear. I'm going to spotlight you. Can you do your your present that you showed me earlier?
1: My, present you still have it. I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. A
0: koozie guy. Oh,
1: Come yes. On.
0: Okay. Jesus. Good thing I'm here to okay keep the show on track.
1: <laughs> here we go. Here it list. Ready? This is coming from my can koozie.
0: If you guys can't hear it, it's the Death March. It's the Darth Vader. Imperial March. Yeah, sorry, the Imperial March. Yes,
1: Mark. the Darth Vader. That's better. Imperial Commander Koozie. <laughs> so, yeah, just a little early birthday present from one of my daughters.
0: I love it. At first, he was like, before we started recording, look at my Koozie. I'm like, oh, that's great. Darth Vader Koozie. And then he was like, wait a minute. <laughs>
2: it's, right. yeah, I mean, one it's one not one just like, a koozie wait,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um before we leave I do want to talk about something we haven't talked about previously Um and I think it was expected of us and we needed to find the right time and the right place and for us to be prepared thank you Matt for <clears throat> suggesting this but we we for me I, i've I've unfortunately lost several friends in the past six months kind of back to back to back. Um, a friend of the show, a former guest of the show, a part of our whiskey family, our whiskey fabric passed away and um, definitely was not right. Don't think I'm still ready to talk about it to be completely honest. We're talking about scotch trooper a uh, tough tough blow. Um, he was a, a father and a husband and a son and a whiskey lover and an incredibly talented creator. If you don't know, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. If you're listening to this show, Scotch Trooper, just do the Googles and go to Instagram and, um, look at his incredible work. And sadly he passed away recently and, um, We will definitely prepare something to honor Scotch Trooper. If you want to go back into the archives and listen to our episode about Tool, which was his favorite band, um, he is on the show with us. And um, I had planned so many times to have him back on the show because I had horrible, horrible technical issues on that show and ended up getting shit-faced because I was so upset that I might nothing was working on the computer and my internet was horrible because I was in a cabin in the mountains in the woods with my parents. Um That's
2: right. I forgot about that. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. I didn't get that opportunity sadly, but I did get to talk to him shortly before he passed away and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And that's about all I have the.
1: Yeah. And, and for, saying right now, Yeah. For anyone that's interested. Um, you know, it was our first season, episode 37. That's all in our back catalog. Um, our conversation with Scott Trooper, And he was always, you know, I should save it for the show. But just really quick, he was always a positive guy.
0: Very always much Always positive. So. Very yeah. much so. We'll
1: always be sorely a, missed.
2: Yeah, for someone who's got so much acclaim to be so down to earth, as uh, that was just him. So... And uh we were the first, I believe we were the first show that he was on after the whole thing came out with him yes. and they were trying to get him banned from Instagram for stupid fucking bullshit. Stupid. Um and I think we were the first show that he came on after that whole thing had happened. So yeah. one of the yeah. first yeah. true one of the first, yeah. Truly yeah. grateful for that. And uh yeah, just terrible, terrible news.
0: Yeah. Right. Um that sucks. Rough times. Um I have a hard time talking. (laughs) I have a hard time with shit like that. Really hard time. So in the meantime, you know, it's been a really long time since we talked about our favorite podcasts that we listen to. And um, I wanted to bring up one because we are recording in the month of March and it's Women's History Month. Fuck yeah. Um, And one of my favorite podcasts is the History Chicks. Is one of my absolute favorite uh, podcasts. And um, they were actually mentioned on NPR, which is super exciting. And I have been working on a project where I make a cocktail once a month to pair with their shows. And that has been super fun. So if you want to hear, um, like they do the real deal, like the real lowdown on women in history. And they, they're all over the map with like, you know, they've talked about. So many different, you know, it it doesn't depend on the year, but really incredibly done. Well done. So, um, yeah, give that a listen. What about you guys?
1: Anything, Ed? Nothing for me right now.
0: (laughs) Matt?
2: One show, it's a YouTube show, not a podcast, but uh, it's called Critiques and Connoisseurs. Uh, It is a new show from our favorite, Jen and mine's favorite uh, wrestling podcast uh he's now has a show which is very kind of similar to our show as weird as that sounds after he started following us by the way um but where he talks about a spirit um and pairs it sort of with a wrestling event or a match um from history Uh, very short shows but really well produced and fantastic content so critiques and connoisseurs it's on youtube
0: oh interesting.
2: interesting That's happened
0: a lot since we've started. It has happened
2: a lot. It has. Weirdly enough.
0: Yes. Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right.
2: Might be linked with the previous comment about MGP.
0: I like being a trend center. Yeah. I like being a trend center. So it's Exactly. It's fine. You know, that's all good. So, all right. I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we're out. This is the end of our revisiting Metallica. Metallica them all. No need to discuss any albums after the Black Album. We made that clear tonight. If there's any confusion, send us hate mail if you like. I'm always up for it. It's been a while, actually. I just get a lot of hate mail and congratulatory mail from the show. Um, So, thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are awesome. It's been a really long time since I've said that to you guys. Um, But I'm saying it now and that's all that matters. And we're how many years have we been doing this? You guys,
1: this is your number four. Your number
0: four. All right.
1: Four. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I'm done. You guys get us out of here.
2: All right. So follow us on Instagram at metal rock whiskey and on Twitter at metal whiskey, follow and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Which you're watching right now, hopefully.
0: There better be metal
2: rock whiskey. I don't if put on makeup watch, for them. <laughs> if you watch, everyone that listens on Captivate or downloads on iTunes, there is no excuse for you not to check us out on YouTube and subscribe as well. We should have equal numbers True. across the board. True. If you watch, make sure to hit that thumbs up and turn on that bell, which is down here. I think I'm on this side.
0: And if you don't hit the thumbs up, I'm gonna know you watched, and I'm gonna reach out to you and be like, "What?" F- but it's really
2: about the bell Because then they'll get notifications on their phone uh, The bell Every time we upload new content to the channel
1: For so, whom the bell tolls <laughs> Yes For
2: whom the bell tolls
0: Sailor Time marches on march on. Right on right to kick your ass Yes. That?
2: And of course you can find the three of us Individually on social media You can find me on Instagram At the whiskey obsessor That is of course whiskey Save, Save the
0: E, the e because Jenny took it. It's, Jenny <laughs> it's still
1: there if I ever want to take it back.
0: <laughs> you, like,
1: you make it sound here? like they went through a messy divorce or something. She <laughs> took the e. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to go back and look at all those videos from Pretty Good for a Girl. That was that was pretty fun.
1: <laughs> oh, they can always find me on Instagram at uh, Bourbon Geek of course. And um hey listeners, uh If you love us or just like us, like Matt was saying, get on there, hit that subscribe button, give us a review, and uh, we'll see you again on the next episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey.
0: Yeah. Fuck you, Bob Rock.
1: Later, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.